0: Hi, this is Nathan. You're about to enter a place of humor, analysis, and discovery. Welcome to the Wad Fam Pod.
1: Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are joined again this week by True Humor. Hey, look at that! I guess got it's it, true it right again. <laughs> no way.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, buddy. You did a good job. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. And what are we talking about today, Dylan? We
1: are talking about, and this will come as a shocker to everyone, part two of Bernard and Joseph. Oh, shoot. Really?
3: I prepared for another one. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Okay. Figured...
1: accidentally prepared for part two of Bernard and Esther. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is the episode that comes right after the last one, it aired a week later. It's the next track on the album. It's written and directed by Phil Waller again. None of this should come as a surprise. Um, it on the uh, on the wiki. Um, it is a full six percent lower as far as the uh, as the episode ratings go. Wow. So uh, people people don't like this one as much as the previous one. Wow. Um. We'll, we we can talk about what all that could possibly mean yeah. <laughs> um cast wise this episode we uh have bob Hoos, in addition to playing simeon now playing wine taster mm. i assume that is first name last name yes um, <laughs> taster wine taster we also have bob lutrell as the baker and chuck bolti as pharaoh a performance that I have zero thoughts about and we will get into.
2: <laughs> yeah. This Yeah. Did
1: you did you pick up that it was Chuck Bolte, Andrew?
2: Y- y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: that
2: did. did he did he sound a little bit George Barkley to you? Yeah. Well, I, if we're talking about voices, Will Ryan sounds a lot like Petrie in this episode. Oh, I didn't clock it, but that, that, that checks out. His voice because because he's doing a slightly different voice, it goes into an upper register at times, and as soon as he does that, it's just pterodactyl, mm. right there.
1: Yeah, I need to I need to revisit Land Before Time to, to get that full Will Ryan experience. <laughs> is
3: is the guy who played the Cupbearer the same guy as who played Job? Is that is that oh, the same person? Because it sounded when in his cupbearer voice. We're, we're he, talking about was, the wine taster. Yeah, sorry. Not the cupbearer. Wine taster. Wine taster. T- First Lord. name
1: wine, last name taster. Yes. Uh,
3: like James. Did Bob Mr. Taster um mm-hmm. play Job? Because when he was whiny and complaining and fake drunk, it sounded a lot like Job when he was tearing mm-hmm. his clothes. He did not.
1: Job was Walker Edmondston.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Understood. I, it's Bob who's who's being wine taster, but mm-hmm. yeah. Good thought though. Thank you. See, my Odyssey knowledge is so minimal.
1: Well, and it wouldn't have surprised me, because Bo- Bob Hoos is like one of the, like... Or, sorry, not Bob Hoos. Who who were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Walker Bob Hoos was, was Wine Taster. It's just one of, like, the regular players. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, he's a sound engineer, maybe? I forget what his
2: official role on the show is. So, we've got a promo. We
3: do have a we
1: promo. We got a promo.
2: <laughs> got you want to listen promo? to a promo, guys? I want to listen to a, a promo. promo. Jinx, you owe me a Promo.
0: Next time on Adventures in Odyssey.
2: Hi, Mr. Walt. That was neat, Mr. Walton. The
0: story of the exciting life and profound faith of one of the Old Testament's most beloved characters. Oh, we both had dreams last night.
2: Yes, strange dreams.
0: Find out what happens next time on Adventures in Odyssey.
1: Is it just me, or did Bernard falling in the bucket sound way more dramatic in the promo than it did in the episode?
2: No, I think both were very much just like, is he dead? (laughs) Like, the sound it makes...
3: I could hear him falling in water. When that happened, I didn't need him to say that he fell in his bucket. I knew exactly what happened. So well Well, done to the audio. Bernard
1: didn't say that he fell in his bucket.
3: He says, help me get my foot out of the bucket.
1: Correct, but Artie says... I've never seen someone jump straight up and land in a bucket before.
2: Yeah, I'm imagining a cat type situation where you scare it and it just goes up and their legs are straight down. So it's yep. straight up, straight down, but bucket underneath them the second time. Yeah. The, bu-
3: the bucket magically appeared.
1: Do uh-uh. you
2: have a bucket on your foot? <laughs> well done, Andrew. Thank you. Well
1: done. Um, honestly, though, before we get to the bucket, we need to talk about Chris's beginning to this episode. Yes. Uh, uh. Hey, you guys know how all those stories these days Mm. involve revenge?
3: And how the message is always the same. If someone hurts you, you have every right to get back at them.
1: Because that's what a revenge tale is. Revenge tales never include the person who is out for revenge, wrecking their own life in order to get revenge. That's not the way movies work. Never.
2: And also, this...
1: Is a story of revenge. Oh, that's yes. the point of Joseph,
2: right? Okay, and that's an interesting point that I would like to talk about a little <laughs> bit later because is Joseph a jerk, kind of? That is an I interesting that, question because, yes, I would a, like to talk about this. There's as well. some ongoing, because of the timeline, that I had always kind of thought, like, it had always stuck out to me when I read it, like, in the Bible, but especially hearing it now. I was like, yeah, he really just messed with his brothers, like, a lot. Like, Oh,
1: we have stuff to talk about yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just, let's but, just get But right yes,
2: in. it is very
1: important off the top to know that this is a tale about revenge. And no, that's not something Bernard will talk about in the episode or the Bible will mention. But it is something that Chris will say at the beginning and the end
3: to frame it. To be yep. fair, Bernard doesn't talk about any morality in this. At all. Like, he just he literally just tells the story and already just says cool story and like that's the whole bit. Like yeah. that's it. Like um, it doesn't even you, they don't you even the make that
2: at the end where he's really upset that people think he's good at telling. stories. Okay, well there's that. But like the whole
3: pretense of the first one where like they tried to weave something together, like it's just they or, don't like, even try this time. They're just like.
2: We're just telling a story. They didn't have to because they did right. that the first one. And the whole point was that they didn't finish it. And so the right. next logical step is to finish it.
1: Well, and also we have Chris telling us that it's about revenge. Which, is. Yeah.
3: I mean, okay. That's a fair point. They talk like there is a theme of revenge. Not revenge, but that is a There's potential theme. Yes. Yeah. In Joseph that you can pull out. But, like, that's still just a small part of this overarching narrative of Joseph, which, I would argue, is God's sovereignty, which was supposed to be the point of the first episode, but yeah. was not. Yeah. And, and I they'd... think if they just carried that through and actually tried a little bit, you could have made a really great...
2: Uh, now that you mentioned it, great they thing. didn't carry that through at all. They didn't even... Well, first off, uh, they didn't even talk about it so, last Right, time. I was going
1: to say, it wasn't talked about in the first one. There is a line at the very end of this episode that is just like, oh yeah, this was all God's plan. Mm-hmm. And that is, in these entire two episodes, the only mention we get, and we'll get into it, but there is a clear point at which Bernard could make that point, and he does it, and it is bad.
2: Yeah. yeah it doesn't quite make a lot of sense but you know so yeah um uh,
1: yep. what we have yeah so as as we discussed then Artie scares bernard mm-hmm. he lands in the water bucket and then Artie is like so you're gonna finish the story and he's like what story and Artie <laughs> then
3: for the listener recaps what we had last but, episode but only the last like one thing right like all he was in jail. Then he was in charge of the jo- like. That's all he touches on, which is fine. You know, that's that's whatever. But yep. like, if you're gonna give me a a hot recap, like, you know, the Joseph guy, he's who a child. Sold his brother. Well, uh, no, I'm mean, okay. Yes, but the point of this is clearly this the- is also like a vibe. Sunday school story. Yeah, yeah yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Most children know it. It's yeah. weird that Artie didn't.
3: Well, yeah, Bernard does make that point very clear. Yeah. Shame on him. I know. Kids these days.
1: Kids these days. Tell you what. There's a lot of revenge going around with kids (laughs) these days. You know,
2: in the toy section at Target, it's just like, it's like Lord of the Flies. There's just children (laughs) running around with Hot Wheels on sticks, just like,
3: So, with that in mind, (laughs) uh, the dream telling sequence. Oh, yes.
2: So, we get Joseph and, like, basically, it, it jumps back into the story Um, Joseph is in jail with the new baker and the wine taster, as we've mentioned. The new baker? Well, yeah, not the new baker. Just the king's baker and the king's wine taster. And they come up to him and they're talking about... No, I
1: believe these people's names are baker and wine taster.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, at least in the eyes of Focus on the Family, a.k.a. God, (laughs) I think so. I mean, to be fair, in the Bible it's
3: just cupbearer and chief baker. Chief cupbearer and chief oh. baker biblically. Mm. so i mean they don't really get a great name no no
1: i recognize that it, it's it's very much uh it's very,
2: <laughs> it's very much a strange thing because everybody else much... has names and they don't <laughs> well yeah. except
1: for potiphar's wife
2: yep yeah potiphar's potiphar.
3: wife potiphar. potiphar i mean
1: which is which is a trend potiphar. throughout the bible i believe lot's wife is also just lot's wife yeah um but uh anyways Wine taster, first name wine, last name taster. I'm gonna great. beat that to death. Um, so, so yeah. So they they spew off their dreams, and well, so wine taster goes first, and Joseph's like, oh, it's great. In three days, you're gonna be a wine taster again. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the baker's like, oh, sweet. My dream must mean the same thing. And he's like, nope. Your dream means you die in three days.
2: Yeah, and he prefaces it by saying, like, well, you know, sometimes dreams aren't always good. And I'm like... Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really telegraph this. Yeah. yeah. And then Artie interrupts to be like, executed? And Bernard's like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so they just go back into the story. Like, it's ancient
2: Egypt. They killed people. <laughs> Honestly,
3: as far as that sequence is concerned, other than that weird conversation in between with the baker and Joseph, like, that's basically how it happens in the Bible. I really yeah. have no... Yeah like, no I even even down to what they talk about in the dreams like that was pretty much yeah that was pretty pretty close so wow. I have no no notes well done focus that. on the family on that one yeah you nailed it
1: and then Joseph tells uh wine taster to uh, go earn him fair or earn him favor
2: with the Pharaoh yes mm-hmm. um and then we jump two years into the future yeah because he forgot about Joseph which mm-hmm. it was or
3: like. He, he
1: forgot, or he just did that thing that, like, everyone does, where they're like, oh, well, like, I don't want... Like, I just got back into Pharaoh's good graces. I don't want to burn all my capital trying to bail out this guy in a prison. Yeah. Who, like, told me what my dream meant, but also, like, he didn't actually gain me anything. Like, this was gonna
2: happen either way. I just knew three days in advance. Like... Yeah, yeah no, he really... He just gave him a a little bit of a hope for three days there. Right. Yeah. Uh Yeah.
3: Either way, he didn't say anything to Pharaoh for two years. Yeah. However you want to slice it.
2: Which I feel so bad for Joseph in the sense that it's just like, okay, I get it. Six months, a year, but like two years. Oh, the timeline of
1: this episode is, well, of this story in the Bible is so just like it's so much time.
2: Yeah, no, there's a large there's a large span of time as, and, which I don't especially think, when we get to the famine.
1: Yeah, which I don't think is something I ever really thought about with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
1: in that like it's not yeah, it, as we talked about last episode, it's not it's not a passage that I've revisited recently.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so like I don't know if the gravity's quite there and like it's not something that like the ballad of little joe Hammer, hammer's home real hard yeah. of like it's been like Freaking, um, I'm... Reuben has children. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is, yeah, some time has passed. Mm-hmm.
2: Which, again, adds, because I didn't really appreciate that the f- in my previous readings and stuff. Maybe I did a little bit, but, you know, this time around, definitely making me think more so with what Joseph is doing kind of behind the scenes and stuff. Because we don't really... They don't really talk much about his relationship with god in the sense that like they talk about david's relationship with god where it's like he's praying we have lots of documented evidence of like what he's saying and kind of the emotions that he's feeling and what he's going through whereas the story of joseph where i feel like it could definitely benefit from some insight as far as fleshing out his character because we get some actions that it's hard to tell How much of it has been planned ahead by him and how much of it is just kind of happening.
1: Mm, Like you're you're saying you're saying like what part of this episode is Joseph's agency versus what part is God's
2: sovereignty? Yeah, I guess that would be (laughs) the question that you should ask. Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, let's get to Pharaoh's dream. Let's get to Pharaoh's accent. Yep. Is it Boston? Is it New York?
3: Which one? Either way.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's definitely like a New England accent. Yeah, I don't know, northeastern. Yeah,
3: accent. Maybe Connecticut. It is.
1: It's it's so bold though. mm Hmm. Oh yeah. It is such a choice. It it sounds kind of like Harlow
2: Doyle a little bit. It,
1: it just it feels like this thing, and maybe this isn't the case, but like for Chuck Bolty, who is not a voice actor by trade. Mm-hmm. It just feels like him being like, well, this can't sound like George Barclay, so let me just make a really strong choice in a direction.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: and, like, I'm kind of glad he doesn't do, like, what Hal Smith did with doing, like, the weird Middle Eastern thing, but making him... Slightly German? <laughs> <laughs> but just giving him this very, like yeah new york yeah. boston accent was just like oh this is this is a strong choice well and
2: they do that a lot in odyssey now that you say that thinking back like when they did like nebuchadnezzar and stuff like that like whenever there's a big bad guy they always give him a goofy accent <laughs> well pharaoh's not bad in this story no no Pharaoh's a good guy
3: yeah, almost in this story. No. I mean,
2: he
1: has Baker executed, but otherwise, no. But like, we also don't know what Baker did. But
3: positions yeah. of four. Does the power. Bible say what Baker did? The Bible does not say what Baker did. It actually just says that Pharaoh got mad at his servants, and he put them in jail, and then he killed the baker, and restored the cupbearer. Hmm. So wine taster. First name wine, last, last name taster. taster but why i taster, do
1: i do find taster. that to be like a a funny switch where it's like so you wanted you wanted like you didn't think children would understand what a cupbearer was so you changed it to wine taster yeah but then like a six-year-old
3: is really gonna vibe with that right but then
2: but now you're just talking about wine yeah. well and they've used cupbearer in odyssey before or at other times i know that they definitely have Okay. I'm... Like, because I know that they, yeah, because David was Saul's cupbearer, wasn't he?
3: Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I, I, I also. I, he very well might have been. I know. Yeah. I know he played music for him i don't yeah. remember mm-hmm. his exact position
1: but but regardless it, it is just a funny thing of being like yeah yeah okay we can't we can't say cupbearer so we're just gonna name this guy wine taster mm-hmm. that, that'll, well, that'll clear up all confusion and, oh, yeah.
3: okay so when he comes in so the pharaoh can't get his dream figured out mm-hmm. cool whatever yep so then the cupbearer is like oh pharaoh mm-hmm. and he's like acting like he's just drunk out of his mind mm-hmm. and pharaoh's like oh whatever it's, it's just the wine taster get out of here mm-hmm. like that's not it at all dude the cupbearer okay so according to uh the JVL or the jewish virtual library uh which has all sorts of wonderful resources and i highly recommend checking them out if you're doing old testament research uh the cupbearer is a high-ranking official primarily in charge of serving wine to the king since he was close to the person of the king who feared intrigue and the possibility of poison food the cupbearer was wa- required to be a man of irreproachable loyalty capable of winning the king's complete confidence is also considered a high ranking official in court like he's yeah. not just some wacky. who drinks no, yeah. wine he's kind like, of like
2: like a uh, he's like kind of neither of you have seen game of thrones but he's kind of like the hand of the king like on that council there like where he's like he's not he's not a, like a strategy person but like he's a person of high authority in the king's court
3: sure yeah he's definitely He's more than just the wine dude. Yeah. He has the, the king's complete confidence and is a high-ranking official in his court. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: Pharaoh yeah. yeah, so the Pharaoh also <laughs>
3: wouldn't fers- just be like, "Oh, it's just the wine taster. Get yeah. out of my sight. Like, yeah. he'd be like, okay, gonna listen yeah. to you. And also, he's not just drunk all the time because yeah. that would totally defeat the purpose of what his job is.
1: But th- this, is- this is the point in which first name wine last name taster is felt really strongly mm-hmm. when pharaoh just goes wine taster yeah
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: like he that's...
1: just calls him that
3: upsetting
2: it's really which funny. i guess pharaoh was essentially a god so like you know what if anybody's gonna have that kind of an ego complex to just call somebody by their title instead of using their name I'm okay with it being Pharaoh. <laughs> well,
3: also the other thing that I have a problem with is Pharaoh because he's just portrayed as like a dunce. Yeah, exactly. Like,
2: they they totally like trivialize his authority and his intelligence. and Absolutely. Stuff. It,
3: it removes the severity and danger from when Joseph is talking to him. Like yeah. what Joseph's doing is not just like this chummy thing like it's portrayed as. Like he's going in front of Pharaoh and he could be killed just because he like... Hebrew he wanted to yeah like, it doesn't even have to be just because Pharaoh decided that day he wants him dead right like, and and this particular Pharaoh the specific one mm-hmm. no one's sure of but it's likely part of either the 14th or 15th dynasty both of which were in the uh, second intermediate period uh, which is basically like they were foreign rulers for the most part like they weren't like Egyptians. Uh, They Mm -hmm. were either some form of Canaanite or Hiskos is the other. I don't know how to pronounce it. But basically, they came in and had to be especially ruthless and violent to keep power because they weren't Egyptians. And at this point, at this point in the story, at least, the Pharaoh didn't own the land of Egypt like he will later Mm -hmm. after this. The audio technically ends. There's a couple more chapters in the story where it talks about how he gets that. Thanks, Joseph. So at this point, he's like, fighting for power and like doesn't show weakness Mm -hmm. and is very violent and ruthless and in this whole thing it's portrayed as like he has no idea what to do and is just some chum and joseph is coming in and like
2: yeah yeah uh, i get some like prince prince john from like robin disney's robin hood you know (laughs) sexy fox robin hood yeah um that's movie yeah, like very much just kind of like a okay, yeah, I get that you're supposed to be a king, but you definitely don't really act like you have that authority. Yeah. And and it definitely I think in in situations like this, it's it's the hard balance that you have to walk with when you're telling a story that has serious elements to children and yeah, I I think that Bernard, like, I think that if they had been more intentional about making a moral narrative consistent throughout it and Joseph um, having courage and being delivered by God despite adverse circumstances, like, then it would have made a lot of sense for him to be like, you know, if you show Joseph being worried a little bit or if you show Pharaoh being meaner and then you get Bernard coming in and being like, yeah, and because. God made, you know, because God blessed everything that Joseph did, this all worked out.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, I think, and I think that's really missing because Joseph is incredibly bold in the Bible, even more bold than he is in the, the audio, mm-hmm. because he doesn't wait for Pharaoh to ask who should be in charge or anything like that. He's just like, look, here's what's going to happen. And you need to put someone in charge right away to like get the grain and get all this stuff and then pharaoh chooses joseph not just because oh yeah you seem pretty wise it's like no clearly god is with you and is blessing everything that you do therefore you're in charge
1: so right so this is the big thing that i wanted to that i wanted to hit on is so joseph gets wine taster gets joseph in the room to Mm -hmm. interpret the dreams joseph's like seven years of blessing seven years of famine um or seven years of
2: abundance i guess yeah blessing whatever go add. get a you, you know all the extra way. grain and um, store it up for the famine yep.
1: that's his plan and and pharaoh's like okay i'm putting you in charge of this joseph you're gonna be like second in command and they jump out of the story where Art, Artie's like he put joseph in charge and bernard's like yeah joseph was clearly the wisest man around haven't you been listening and it's like this is not about joseph's merits and i hate yeah. that bernard is like is that's the point he's pushing mm-hmm. well, it's like and, this is your chance to mm-hmm. be like god was on joseph's side and even pharaoh could see that god is so powerful that's why he like that's why joseph god is sovereign he moved in pharaoh's heart to make it happen mm-hmm. or he like whatever your or the however god you want to frame great it
2: wisdom Right. Like just even just throw a little bit out there and just be like, Yeah, of course, like Pharaoh sensed the great power and wisdom that God had given to Joseph. And right. like yeah. that is one sentence and that it ties right. in the the theme. Right. Mm-hmm. You or know. Pharaoh
1: saw that God was on Joseph's side yeah. and placed him in charge. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like anything other than just like elevating the merits of Joseph in this moment. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, the fact, if they had just kept moving with the story, it wouldn't have rubbed me so wrong. But because we do a pull-out from the story for Bernard to further explain things, and his further explanation is just like, Pharaoh noticed Joseph was smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That really bugged me.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like this is another one of those moments where you have a theme in mind and so you miss the actual theme of the story yeah like i, I feel like that that happened in job it happened in the first episode of joseph and i, I feel like that's happening again and i i can't speak for the rest of odyssey because like i said i don't listen to it very much but it, it this feels like eisegesis of this is an idea that i want to talk about and so I'm going to put it in this story because I can kind of make it mm-hmm. about that. And then you miss the points that are actually what's important and that are actually driving the story and what's actually trying to be portrayed by having this in scripture.
2: Yeah, literally context and stuff. And that's the thing, because, because Joseph is such an interesting character and in the sense of like Old Testament figures, we get a lot for how important Joseph is in the founding of Israel and like how involved God is with his life and everything, we don't really hear a lot about him as a person outside of it. And that's kind of something that I mentioned a little bit earlier. And so, okay, so you look at that and you read it and you're like, so the point is less of who he is as a person and more so how God used him and how he was a Conduit of god's character in you know reconciliation and in like showing that you know i mean like if god was re- you know super angry and violent and retributive and stuff like that like do you think that he would have sent joseph to preserve the egyptians as well as the israelites you know like You get so much more out of God's character looking at Joseph's actions and how God is represented through them that his character is kind of, um, I don't know. For me, it's always been in kind of a gray area because they don't talk about it as much as they do other very significant biblical figures. Uh, And I think that that might be where this episode falls short is because... It is an audio narrative and they're telling this all by people talking the story out it's really kind of hard to see those actions and be very intentional about uh conveying what what is the, the literary context and what is the historical context and what is like the actual meat and bones of the story
3: even without that like last time we talked about potiphar and him placing joseph in charge and the jailer placing joseph in charge they just mentioned that he was placed in charge in the text in the words that they say the actual words that are written for what potiphar said and the reason not what the jailer said but the reason that he was put in charge was because god was clearly with him and even here pharaoh says i because god is with you like it's it's written out in their dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I understand you don't take it word for word from the text. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not... Well, we've talked about this before, and I struggle because they're portraying it like it's the text, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, if you don't take it from the text word for word, okay. But at least get the actual gist of what the text is saying, which I feel like they they completely missed throughout this episode and the one before it because and... the key part that's in the dialogue that they're recreating they miss
2: which is so interesting because i think that odyssey does a really good job about uh, with that in the imagination station episodes or the room of consequence episodes and things like that where when they use a different method other than characters established telling a story i feel like they do a much better job of actually representing um what the scripture like the, the the full um scripture value not you know more not necessarily all of it i'm looking at you mortal coil but you know right. <laughs> the, the the thing i think is interesting
1: is like they clearly decided first hey we're gonna talk about joseph mm-hmm. and then they went to joseph and were like okay what are themes that we can pull from this that kids will understand and relate to and they decided on large families and revenge for whatever reason it's really really annoying because so maybe maybe the thought is just like the sovereignty of god is not a lesson that kids are going to get however there are other episodes of odyssey that portray that really really well The one that, like, jumps the front of my mind is Karen mm -hmm. off the third album, Mm -hmm. um, which is all about, like, God being in control, even though, like, circumstances are bad. And just, like, the fact that the show can do that and can communicate that well and, like, make an impact in that way, but, like is in this episode, like, just doesn't feel like it has the confidence to stick that landing. Yeah. So they're just kind of like, well, that's too big picture for these kids. Let's try and, like, bring this down to their level.
2: Yeah, it, it it felt a little phoned in. A little bit. Not necessarily in the bad, like, not necessarily in a way that I felt, like, ruined it. Like, because I definitely enjoyed it as an episode of Adventures in Odyssey, But as from, like, I think a critical perspective or from a biblical perspective, it definitely doesn't hold a lot of water. So
3: I'm not huge into the Odyssey part of it. So from a biblical perspective, they they really beefed this one. I think I would call this a fail. Honestly, yeah. No, I, I can. I, I, I. don't.
2: I would. I wouldn't call it heretical, but yeah, I. I definitely think that they missed the. They missed yeah, the show. It's right. not okay, heretical. That, that, that's yeah. I'm with they,
1: Andrew on this. They miss. They missed. <laughs> right. it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Read through the story and they, they done. They done yep. beefed it. So, moving on with
1: the story, uh, we then get Joseph being put in charge. Bernard refers to him as the second most famous and powerful man in Egypt. Um and then jacob uh we cut to jacob who real
3: quick oh yeah yeah i i understand it's audio and it's for kids but also being put second in charge of egypt even in turmoil like big deal that's huge like that's that's like the world that's yeah (laughs) most of the known world at this point you're now in charge of which
2: most of the civilized world at least yeah
3: well that's really all that was known at that point yeah like that's that's huge yeah
1: and so right so we now jump to to the brothers Mm -hmm, and it's we're assuming this is this is now like we are in the famine yeah Mm -hmm. so the seven years of prosperity have passed and we're now in i don't know i would do is there scriptural like a like a clear timeline here drew i was i was ballparking like we're at like 10 years since um since joseph was sold into slavery um was kind of what i was ballparking just based on like we know it was two years um that he was in jail Mm -hmm. and seven years at least of of the famine plus we've got like whatever a year or two that it took from him to get from Potiphar's to um, jail to jail Mm -hmm. like i don't know how long he was there, and we don't know how long into the famine it was, but I was like, okay, we're probably talking about, like, you know.
2: It's been a while, though. I mean, Joseph is a grown man now, and there's been a lot of... I mean, so, Joseph's life, and maybe I'm, you know, just extrapolating here, but it would make a lot of sense for, in that time, then that seven years of wealth, Joseph basically, you know, was on top of the world, essentially, and had not seen his family, had not been in contact with, that we know of, you know, there's no, there's none of that. Uh, yeah, And so I guess the question that I have about kind of like about the role of God's sovereignty in this is when Joseph's brothers come and all of that, like in this time, in that seven year period where he's doing really well and like, he is operating under the guidance of god's sovereignty like he's you know god's given him insight into things and anointed him to carry out you know so the whole the whole plan is
1: like save like collect extra grain Mm -hmm. while we are in these seven years of prosperity so that we will make it through the seven years of famine.
2: but so in that time does he hate his brothers Mm,
1: yeah we don't don't
2: get any we get the result of the reconciliation which for me when we talk about the story of joseph that's what i think about the most is is the 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 god returning all things to himself in despite the most adverse circumstances you know we have um you know joseph obviously kind of getting screwed over left and right and um, a lot of time has passed, and i'm just wondering if, in those years of prosperity and things like that, especially being in a foreign country i'm wondering if the reason that we don't hear about it as much is because in this story if Joseph is this God conduit and we show him at in this such positive light, like is there a i want to know the story of God working in joseph's heart to reconcile his brothers to himself. Because you definitely get this very detached view of Joseph where you don't really see much about how what his family and friends have done that has affected him emotionally. Other, You know, it's depicted physically and it's shown, but there's not much of that. And I think especially with how much time passed and how much bad things happened to him, you know, before that, like, I could definitely see when you know joseph sees his brothers for the first time in forever he just despises them and like actually like doesn't want them at all you know
3: yeah so i mean so first off he's around 37 when his brothers come back okay give or take so it says he was 30 when pharaoh put him in charge then seven years of abundance then presumably a bit into the famine mm-hmm. so 37 to 40 ish Right. Give or so take. we're talking 20 years since he was 20 and change. Yeah. So it's been a hot minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a and I lot think, of time. I, I mean, it's absolutely fair that we desire to see that work in his life. I think that's a that's a really cool thing that God does that we don't really get a lot of insight into. But I think it's clear, regardless of how it happened, it seems very clear that he doesn't harbor that resentment he actually seems to harbor some some sadness for time lost with his family yeah um, no definitely anything else
2: and and maybe the maybe the language that i'm missing is that you know joseph was a man after god's own heart and he just really loved god and in that moment you know if it was an ongoing struggle it was an ongoing struggle that he always had god with him and so it wasn't addressed you know
3: yeah and i think at this point in scripture i mean we see we see god working in the lives of abraham isaac and jacob and and joseph and moses but it's it's not always as clear and as prevalent as someone like david or solomon like the writer of genesis um potentially moses depending on how you cut and slice this church tradition says moses yeah. yeah they're retelling these stories and when you think about it, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, like, mm-hmm. those, like they would probably tell their story pretty easily. But I can imagine for Joseph, there may be some struggle in retelling portions of his story that were painful or, or potentially hard to write about um, as he was telling, like, his kids or whatever, mm-hmm. however the story was passed down. I can see there being, like, a struggle in telling it or even them just feeling that that wasn't necessarily important to the story or that's not that's not the moral of it so that's not what i necessarily need to keep mm-hmm. written in tradition for whatever reason it's not there
2: yeah but well okay so anyway that rabbit trail <laughs> yeah so um, so
1: the jacob sends out his all all of the brothers sans benjamin um to egypt to get food because they're in the middle of this famine Um, and I guess word had traveled that Egypt's got some resources here. Um, and so, yeah, so they show up, they all bow down before Joseph, which Artie then interrupts to be like, (gasps) they all bowed down before Joseph, like the dream. And we're like, and and Bernard and the the audience is like, yeah, yep. Good job, Artie. Proud of you. (laughs) Um, and so then, uh, Joseph does the move where he accuses them of being spies they respond that they're 12 brothers and he's like well that's clearly a lie there's only 10 of you and they're like well one's in canaan one is dead i'm just like why would you why would you
3: you say 12
1: right is this like a specific like cultural historical thing that i'm just missing where you're like we are 12 brothers and it's like do you 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 include the one who's not with you and the one who's not living
0: well no, and also like you you're had... really
1: you're also
2: imagine you're if your brother moment, had died.
1: You're you're also you're in this moment of where like they're all like quivering in fear. Joseph is like, you know, accusing them of being spies and they're still like yeah yeah, but like our brother's dead. Like we're keeping up that lie, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's very important that you know that well, they, like Well, I
2: think that they genuinely believed that he was probably dead because they did just leave him in a ditch no they sold him into slavery oh, they, yeah, they sold him into slavery that's right
1: so yeah. so yeah i i guess i guess you just continued to be bought into the lie and whatnot but I, didn't. I, I was like oh you're like fearing for your lives and you're like no we must keep this lie going yeah
3: well i'll also note um that it, later on uh, when they go back to their dad uh, which we'll get to then but like he in the bible it talks about he was like why the heck did you tell them that you have another brother <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Look, man, he, th- it was he asked us so many. Que- he asked us about you. He asked us about your mom, our mom. He asked us about the other one. Like, he asked so many questions. Mm-hmm. So, like, it clearly they were thrown off guard by like he was asking for like a family history, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, so, one so- other thing is when Joseph gets like upset. I don't remember how they cover this in the audio. Like. Where, where after, so the brothers talk to themselves in prison and are like, come on guys, why can we do this? And then Reuben hits him back with, told you guys not to do it. Right. Well, like, so,
1: so, right. So there's this thing where the, the brothers are like, Joseph throws them in prison and the brothers are all immediately like, oh man, this is, this is all recompense for like when we sold our brother into slavery. Yeah.
3: And then, yeah. So in the Bible, Reuben's even more <laughs> saucy than in the audio. And he's like, did I not say to you, do not sin against the boy. But you didn't listen. And now, behold, his blood has been sought. Yeah, but like your hands aren't clean either, oh, Ruben.
1: No,
2: absolutely not. <laughs>
1: like but, he's got, he's got, he had better intentions. But he just
2: wanted to beat him up and leave him in a ditch and come back later. Well, he didn't even right. want to beat him up. It, right? Biblically,
3: he didn't want anything to happen to him. But he knew his brothers were. Yeah, yeah. Feeling some kind of way, so he was yeah. like, "Look, we'll settle for this, but then I'll save him." Uh, I think he just didn't get the chance. Either way, he, he certainly could have handled that differently. But the the thing that I want to talk about here specifically, um, is now they did not know that Joseph understood, for the interpreter was always between them. Uh, so like Joseph only ever spoke to them in Egyptian. Mm -hmm. at this point he doesn't speak to them in hebrew until he reveals himself so they don't understand that he can like they don't know that he can understand them and so when they talk about this stuff like he can hear it and he becomes overcome and goes and weeps Mm -hmm. which i don't speak hebrew but i know greek and i feel like the septuagint gives us a better understanding than english because there's way more words in greek than there are in english the word is uh kleio which is like weeping crying is used for like the big stuff like it's not just <laughs> the like the big sad it's not just yeah it's not just like he was upset like he was he was torn up about this yeah, and like that mourning. and that same yes and that same weeping verb is used a lot when it comes to Joseph in this story because he is often overcome with emotion mm, which right. which sparkle. they even
1: reference in the in the audio where they're talking about like When they arrived, like, he, like, excused himself. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I feel like, again, a little nitpicky, I guess. (laughs) But especially when the brothers, like, when they do, like, the whole revealing situation, like, I I feel like they play down his emotion by, like, a hundred notches. And, like, yeah, we can get into that later. But I feel like consistently they kind of play down how he's... Right, well, because it's a like, story about upset. Joseph
1: not taking out revenge on them. Sure. Rather <laughs> than having feelings and yeah. being reunited with his um, family. The the other thing from this scene that I think is fun is Simeon um, just, like, starting to rant and everyone in unison yelling, keep quiet, Simeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I enjoy that. We mm-hmm. love it. Um, And then, right, and then Joseph's like, all right, everyone, but it's Simeon
2: who he keeps in jail,
1: correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then everyone else gets gets sent home to get
2: get Benjamin. They want to go back and get Benjamin, and then the dad's like, or Jacob's like, "No, oh wait,
1: do that." But but more importantly, he also puts uh, money in the sacks of grain. Yeah. Which Bernard to which Bernard says, "What a prankster!"
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, they' they about to die, dude. That ain't a prank. That's a death sentence stealing
2: from pharaoh yeah that's pretty tough
3: there the biblical little phrase there for how they felt is their hearts failed them they trembled and asked what is this god has done to us (laughs) like (laughs) clearly this is not just a little goofy prankster this is oh crap we finna die
0: yeah
1: Well, (laughs) well and then right and so when when jacob finds out about that he
2: hit the ceiling well he hit the top of his tent yeah
3: gosh Dumb.
2: it's more comfortable than the ceiling there's a good give yeah. most
3: tense um also reuben doesn't just say like you know i swear on my sons in the bible in any english translation too because it's so clear he's like if i don't bring back benjamin kill my kids Yep. <sighs> like that's straight yeah. up like yep. <laughs> kill my two sons if i do not bring him back to you put him in my hands and i will bring him back to you or kill my two sons
2: like well and the whole thing that he mentions it it's like okay i get it that you really don't want to lose this guy but like you're gonna lose him regardless because there's a famine like we're all just gonna starve to death and yeah
1: and and that point after like does is it does it say how much time passes no here because it i mean it's gotta be a while Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a ton of grain. Right, because they were all given a sack of grain. Now granted, part of that sack of grain was money. But like, still. Yeah, I mean... But it, there's also a lot of them. Yeah, there's yeah.
3: there's all of them, right. they, they, all of their servants, right. all of their livestock, all of... Like, there's right. a lot of people well, there. But even Ruben's still... Ruben's two sons. Sure. Um, all I of their wives. they all
1: have wives, and most of them have children. Yeah. Like...
3: And all of their servants, which right. are also a lot. Right. So... They got some people to feed. Maybe <laughs> some of them have multiple wives. We need That's grain. Fair. Regardless, now the famine of the land was severe, and it happened that they finished eating the grain in which they had brought from Egypt, and their father said to them, return and buy a little food. So, And then he ends up giving him to Judah. Mm-hmm. Benjamin, I mean. Mm-hmm. I, hmm? Jacob gives Benjamin to Judah, not Reuben, even though Reuben said, kill my kids if I don't bring him back.
1: And the audio um, kind of... I mean, the audio puts everything on yeah. Reuben
3: uh i don't remember well because it's one it like happened. like
1: later i don't i don't know if it does at this point really hammer at home but it's reuben who offers up his no it was later. Judah,
3: i thought i in thought the, it was no no audio. no. in, ex, in,
2: in the exchange for i'm pretty sure benjamin with the silver cup
3: i'm pretty
1: sure no it is. simeon
2: I, simeon offers to be a slave for benjamin oh okay
3: huh okay well judah does it in the
1: interesting and maybe we're wrong on that it was also a thing where i'm like i could have
3: written down notes i also could have written them incorrectly
1: but but yeah i have i have reuben pleading for his life andrew has (laughs) simeon the bible has judah we'll just give
3: odyssey the benefit of the (laughs) doubt and say that they did adapt it correctly and it's judah (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure either way judah does it judah takes him and brings him back so that's cool Mm-hmm. they also brought which they don't mention in the audio but they mentioned in the bible they brought double the money to pay oh. him for the first round and this next round of grain so they mm-hmm. do try and repay him mm-hmm. uh and in the bible when they get there uh and they tell him like sir we found money in the bag blah blah blah. he's like clearly your god must be with you the money that should have been was paid to me so mm-hmm. that's just yours right don't worry about and it and in the and in the in the the
1: audio they are just kind of like they didn't even like they're talking amongst themselves and they were like they didn't
2: even really care when we gave them the money back yeah yeah um well and then they they feast don't they yeah there's this big feast and benjamin gets all the special treatment and everything and and then we get the brothers kind of talking about it and being like yeah, I mean, did you notice like they seated us according to age, and like he was asking all these questions, like he knows us really well, and there's something weird here. Like we should we should leave soon. Yeah,
1: um, right. The, the seating ac- according to age is is fun. The other the other point where we kind of get that that thing is when they're initially sent home um, with the grain, and he, you know, they're to go get Benjamin. Um, Joseph says, like, you know, go get the go bring the youngest brother. And you, mm-hmm. like as they're leaving, you hear them talking on themselves, like, How do youngest? You know the youngest, kind of like yeah. that. Like, yeah, right. Um, I'll, and I'll, so.
3: I'll also say that this is where I really feel like the emotion is kind of downplayed. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's a feast, it's a party, we're all having fun, sure.
3: But that's <laughs> and also that little side conversation that they have later. I think it's Judah and Reuben or Simeon and Reuben, mm-hmm. either way. The, the little side conversation they have isn't there, but I understand they don't have the text to write out mm-hmm. these things. So that's yeah. fine. But like the whole thing is like, they were afraid cause they were brought to Joseph and then they tried to give him the money, but they didn't take it. And then, uh, they, uh, peace to you. Don't be afraid. You know, must've given you treasure because, uh, your money came to me. So then he brought Simeon to them, uh, and they went further into Joseph's house, gave them water and washed their feet, gave them fodder for the donkeys, which must have been horribly confusing, horribly confusing. <laughs> there's the words. Then they laid out the gift, uh, until Joseph came at noon, which is essentially like they laid out the meal, uh, and they heard that they were to eat food there, which they should not. Yeah. They mentioned Egyptians that aren't allowed to eat, eat with, food with. with Hebrews. Yeah, which they mentioned which in they the Which they talked about in there too, um, they bow before him on the ground. This is the first time they actually mention bowing before him in the Bible. It's oh, not mentioned interesting! Before. It's not so in this the is scene, yeah, so. this is where they actually bow. Um, and then he asks if their father is still alive, which is weird. Um, saw Benjamin and puts a blessing on him. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes overcome with emotion again, which they don't mention. And he sought for a place to cry. Then he went into a room and wept there. Then he washed his face and went out, now controlling himself. And he said, serve the food. Uh, and they served him. Yeah. So, like, all the, like a lot of things happen there. Right. And it's, it's, like, 30 seconds in audio. Yep. And, like, this is, this is like, the rising action. This is where it's coming <laughs> to the head. And they're just like, yeah, they had a good little meal. And they were a little confused about, you know, some of the things that happened. But it's fine. Yeah. Like, no no. this is huge no it it doesn't
1: matter clearly um so they're they're sat according to their age and then joseph uh has they feast and then joseph pulls his his like attendant to the side and is like hey put this cup put my silver cup in the sack for the youngest
2: one Mm -hmm. um yeah well he says give them give everybody as much grain as they can carry you know give um, them their money back give them their money back and put this silver cup in the youngest one's bag yep and then they go through and
1: they slice the bags open going oldest to youngest yep dramatic tension building Mm, yeah slice open benjamin's the cups in there everyone freaks out and joseph's like
3: all right i'm taking benjamin as a slave yep he's like only the one who had the cup needs to be my servant no one else now this part okay this audio i think is the best clip of audio in the entirety of any odyssey that i've listened to where whoever it is that's talking to joseph pleads and begs to be the servant instead of benjamin
2: yeah it's so good
3: like that's the emotion that i want in the whole freaking thing <laughs> why is it only here like this is a great like if you only have one i'm right? glad that they made you it. only have one good one in ya. this is the place for it but also really you couldn't eke out like a quarter of this for earlier like just spread it out like a yeah. little bit, yeah. like
2: but. just let anybody feel things it's it's so good, and yeah. I wish that there was
3: more of it because like this it made me feel something, yeah, exactly that's what I want,
1: yeah, right, but yeah, the brother, the brother pleading for Benjamin's life is is so good, um, and then Joseph reveals himself and just has like a quick line where he's like. Yeah, and this was all God's plan. Yeah. Yep. And then the story. Ends, yeah, which that's. Is... <laughs> oh well, we do we do hear like Jacob moved his whole family to Egypt. Yeah. Um, and you know where they were going to stay for a while, and then Moses happened,
2: and then Artie's like, "Tell me about Moses." and, and Bernard's like, like "No, I'm not them. a
3: good storyteller." Yeah. Also, the way they talk about Moses, it sounds like he's doing a bad thing. Like everything yeah. was happily ever after. Well, until Moses. Like Yeah. No. Yeah. It was worse off and then Moses came and fixed it. Right. Like yeah. things were
1: good Hello? and then it got bad. You but the, forgot but the about next, that part The next landmark Bible story is Moses. Well, because when things are bad. Yes.
2: This is the uh this is the problem, because if you want to the problem with bringing Moses into it is then you have to say that Joseph, or Joseph, inevitably got the Israelites into slavery. <laughs>
3: well, no, Joseph just died.
2: He didn't get them into slavery. No, yeah, I know, but that's but that's yes, the yes, line that's, that's being drawn. It's yes. like,
3: it, oh, so many, so many things. Um, so first off, this I just thought was interesting, not necessarily a huge thing, but. Worth note for interesting sake. Uh, Joseph wept so loudly after he had his servants leave that both his entire house and all of Pharaoh's house, presumably adjacent, heard it. Like, everyone Yeah, that's... Like, that's that's how loud the boy was weeping. As a person
1: who's only shed tears a couple times, not by my own choice, um, that is incomprehensible.
2: Yeah. I could do it.
3: I can get pretty loud. That's fair. You make a strong point. <laughs> um and they didn't really have like quality doors or right. soundproofing. Mm-hmm. Like your windows were right. just open. Yeah. So, like maybe. Yeah,
2: but either These way. These are also presumably
3: large houses. Presumably.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh yeah. And yes. probably not next-door neighbors, presumably. My guess is somebody who's probably in the door. royal court. Yeah. But
3: yeah. Either way, he was weeping pretty loud, and the reason that they mention that is because Joseph weeping. doesn't ask for Abraham or Jacob to come live with them. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh approaches him and says, "Hey man, like, why don't you get your whole family? Come on over here. Pick, pick Bring the, the whole land. family down." And like, this is Cold west fun world. Like, city. the the goodness of what happens next is is completely cut out, uh, and this is also where you miss the whole moral of the story because. Pharaoh commands that Joseph's family come and live in the best part of Egypt, which is Goshen. It has like the best land. It's it's top notch. So they live there. They come as shepherds. They watched over not only their flocks, but the flocks of Pharaoh. And as we all know, livestock is money. So Mm. keeping they are essentially keeping the Pharaoh's money. They're in charge of his wealth. He consolidated power in Egypt. uh, Joseph did to the Pharaoh by purchasing people and their land for food. Because eventually, the food ran out, even in Egypt, but Joseph still had some sort up, So they came to him and were like, I need food. And Joseph was like, oh, here's a great way to end some of this turmoil. So essentially, he purchases all of their land and them as servants. The, like, the entire country of Egypt is now owned by Pharaoh. The people inside of it and everything, except for the priests, which they mentioned There's a whole little bit about that. But... Essentially, everything is owned by Pharaoh. So one-fifth of all crops, one-fourth of all livestock now are given to Pharaoh every year. It's just how it it works. And this brings consolidated power to Pharaoh, which eventually ends the uh, the second intermediate period and brings around the next phase of Egypt's power, which is one of arguably the best stages of Egyptian power in the entire world. In all of history. It's crazy. Yeah, no, Egypt was
2: balling
1: out since the beginning, honestly. And all of this to underline God's sovereignty. And, which we get in a nice throwaway line of just like, oh yeah, this was all God, you know, it's okay, brothers, that all this happened to me. It was God's plan. It's like, great, thank you. Bernard, can you, like, Hit that a little bit harder. No, 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 I can't. The episode's over,
2: and I don't want to talk about it because I'm not a
3: storyteller, right? And if Focus
2: on the <laughs> Family choose to read,
3: chose to read down into chapter fifty, which is a little bit later. You know, this is after uh, Jacob dies. You get the real, the real crux of it, which in verse fifty, verse fifteen. I'm just going to read fifteen to twenty-one. It's not that long. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It will be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. Uh, So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father commanded us before his death, saying, Thus you you must say to Joseph, O please, now forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. So now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers went also and fell before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. Then Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good, in order to do this, to keep many people alive, as it is today. So then, do not be afraid, for I myself will provide for you and your little ones. And he consoled them and spoke kindly to them. It's almost like... There's a the moral in The people writer just gave it to you. <laughs> There's six verse you could read that crap line for line and you have a better moral of the story, a more accurate moral of the story, and just it's just a better one. It's, it's just a, good. It's a better ending. It's a better yep. ending by far. Than just uh. he didn't take revenge on his brothers. Yep. Like Oh yeah. He didn't yeah. do it, and here's here's probably my biggest gripe with this. There's no reason that they give you why you great? shouldn't take yes exactly my biggest my biggest prune like they don't give a reason why you shouldn't take revenge they just say don't do it right and Mm -hmm. like there's so many good reasons not to take revenge and so many good stories that talk about i was gonna say
1: there are so many good revenge stories in the bible that would underline hey these are the bad things that can happen if you
3: take revenge but we aren't covering that. And they choose this one. So it's just, don't take revenge. Which, I I mean, I guess, yes, you shouldn't take revenge. But and they that never he give doesn't a... take revenge, and so you can snag it. But, like, that's not... That's
2: but they don't not... even give him emotions! They don't even talk about the struggle! They don't even talk about the, the, the choices right, right. that he's making! We don't see his turmoil
1: there's... in... Like, there doesn't... <sighs> there's not a point in this story where it feels like Joseph wants to take revenge. Exactly! And then, like, decides not to. Unless you'd argue that him kind of messing with his brothers is a form of vengeance. But in that case, he
3: took revenge.
1: Right! But in, so, it, like...
2: <laughs> well, and in the same respect, he, he says it so plainly and it's so deadpan in a lot of ways. At least how it came across to me, you know, from the episode. that like, yeah, like... He didn't even have ill will. There was just, like, there was just nothing there. Like, he always knew that it was going to work out, and so he was just kind of, like, you know, baseline. Like, there was no there was no spike in, you know, aggression or, you know, even what you said, like, him literally running away to weep. Like, you don't really get a lot of that, that kind of emotion conveyed in the episode that, like, there's this big internal struggle going on. Because, yeah, this is an excellent story about how god resolves differences differently than man does you know like in egypt yeah like eye for an eye tooth for a tooth he's gonna he's gonna get him back and you know in this we see okay joseph god blessing joseph looks like god returning joseph's family to him through via reconciliation
3: i i just i feel like the story of joseph Well, it talks about God's sovereignty, which can be a difficult topic. It's it's a pretty pretty easy softball, right down the middle. It's a good story of exactly what it's trying to say. It it mentions God's sovereignty every time Joseph does something good. It is directly related to God doing it through him. It they they says it explicitly every single time, and and at the very end. Like, when he's asked why he didn't take revenge on them, it's, don't be afraid, for I'm not in the place of God. Because God's gonna deal with it. God is sovereign. He has... He's made these decisions already. Like, it's not my place to do that. And it's so clear, and it's so...
2: It's so good. And they just... They miss it. I just want Odyssey to revisit Joseph now.
3: Yeah. It's been, like, almost
2: 50 albums. Do a Bernard and Joseph part two. Well, Bernard's
3: I will... That's fine. The, Get Bernard 2.0. I don't know. For, Whoever well, you well, want to do it. Guys, guys. Who's the new window washer? There's got to be someone, right? The windows aren't dirty. I will I will point out that there are,
1: just looking at the wiki real quick, there are two BTV episodes that include Joseph in them.
3: Mm. And what are the mm. morals of their story? I don't know. Okay.
1: But, but B, BTV, Bye. well, so one is BTV Temptation and one is BTV Revenge. So it's- probably not what you want. From your Joseph
2: story. I wish that you could see the look on Drew's face right now. It's... It is whelp. He has a feeling of whelp. Listen, focus
3: on the family. I appreciate all that you do. I appreciate the impact that you've had on my childhood and the childhood of many other Christians and non-Christians alike. You do some great work, okay? I love the things that you do. Don't hate you collectively. But please... It's right there there's six verse 50 15 to 21 go ahead quick read I, I will gladly work with you to make a new one I will help you don't even have to pay me just no you should pay him for sure <laughs> whatever just please please I don't know how else to ask it pretty please <sighs> maybe with a cherry on top tweet Adam and we won't make it a two-parter we do this again just saying i just i'm so i'm very upset because this I is such
2: imagination station joseph episode this i'm is... so upset that that hasn't existed <laughs> this is
3: such a beautiful story yeah exactly and, and it's so powerful it's when hard... you understand what it's actually saying and you basically just you cut him at the knees and you dumbed this down in a way that isn't even just kid friendly it's you've you ruined the moral of the story.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: So that's Bernard and
1: Joseph part two. Oh, we we should mention that it. Wit shows up at the end to tell Bernard that. Oh, were you just talking with Artie? He comes from a big family. I bet he would like the story of Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bernard screams and runs away. Uh,
2: yeah. That's all good. Obviously, episode want, ends.
1: He doesn't want this responsibility. He doesn't
2: want the fame. He just wants to wash windows. You know. He doesn't want all the drama, uh, and that's the
1: episode. Uh, Discussion questions, guys.
3: Oh yeah, hit me with them. Number Let's see.
1: one: How would you have treated your siblings if you had been in Joseph's position?
2: I'm really close with my siblings, and they've hurt me a lot in the past, so I don't really care. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, not necessarily they've hurt me a lot in the past. Not nothing to that extreme, <laughs> but like, I've I've got your, gotten your over siblings stuff. haven't
3: sold you into slavery.
2: Not yet. There's still time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean Joseph was only seventeen. I it's mean, true. You're I, you're not that far removed. It no. is still a possibility.
2: Yeah, no. Brendan is still bigger than you. It's true. Actually, I weigh more than him now.
3: Never mind. Brendan is not bigger than you.
1: The uh, the 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 then other question is why was Joseph able to be so kind to them?
3: Jesus. Hey guys, it's almost like if you got the lesson right, you would you'd be able to answer that. But at this point, based on what you've told me, it's just because Joseph's a good dude, which I don't think is biblically accurate or what you want to portray. Think
1: about that. Well done, Drew. You have summed up my exact thoughts, which is both of these episodes, the discussion questions are for the story of Joseph, not for the episodes.
2: <laughs> I it's great. I would just I love it. I would love to see what happened to children who listened to this in Sunday school as a part of it and then the next week they they read the story together. And they were like, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the issue. Cause
3: and it's the same with Bernard and Job. Like when you when you listen to what the audio is telling you is happening right you get a very specific idea of what the story of joseph is about which Mm -hmm. is it's not that bad being a being in a big family because joseph had it worse and then you know you should forgive other people or in job if i remember correctly it was just like why do bad things happen to good people or something like that it wasn't it wasn't directly related to what job is actually trying to teach you and And when you actually read through it, you get a completely different story, which is the problem with these, I think, Mm -hmm. is what I'm realizing now. It's not even that they try and portray themselves as scripture, which I do have a problem with. But it's the fact that when they try and teach the Bible story, they're not even teaching you the Bible story. They're teaching you some other random lesson that is tangentially related to the
2: Bible story. Well, and that's the thing that I think that I, I struggle with a lot with Christian media is we have a certain lack of um self-awareness in the sense that like not everybody if you want to speak in authority you need to have the education to back it up because if you want to tell a bible story you need to know what it says because it's dangerous to tell to, to put other stuff on it you know and i could imagine if you were somebody who grew up reading the Bible and getting that from this story and you found yourself on job, you know, on task as a writer, that you would you would do that. And I'm not saying that the person who wrote the episode, Phil Waller, doesn't have any biblical knowledge or academic whatever. I, I don't know what his credentials are. But I think that it's very important when you tell Bible stories, especially to kids, to respect the text and respect the children. You need to respect the children's ability to understand and God's ability to communicate to them through his word. And you also need to respect the word itself and not um, to approach it humbly. Approach it looking to learn with a fresh mind every time you read it. Not to reaffirm anything that you already have or to push back against anything you disagree with, but to just take it for what it is and, like let the spirit guide you, let let God use his word to tell you yeah. it, not, not tell yourself it and then back it up in God's word.
3: And there's so many people who are so well-educated, far more educated than me, who... Still do I, that. Well, yeah, but I was also <laughs> just going to say, there are people with wonderful biblical education who can help create these kinds of things but i i don't know where it goes wrong i don't know what happens in the process of creating these stories not just odyssey or whatever but you know christian media in general i don't know where the disconnect is between christian media and academic mm-hmm. christianity like where that happens but i feel like this is a pretty huge trend and i feel like it's pretty easily avoidable like yeah i i work at a bible college i know a lot of the bible professors there would be more than happy to without like being paid to just sit have coffee with you and talk through a bible story Mm -hmm. not even a student just random people i've seen them do that like Mm -hmm. you have these resources that you can email that you can reach out to there are so many good books written on all of these different stories commentaries or just read the bible yourself like I i struggle to find where it happens that the moral of Joseph comes out to be big families or revenge. revenge. Like
2: no,
1: yeah, no, yeah, or do what we do and just get Drew on an episode of your
2: podcast. Exactly. Sure. Are well, we gonna do the burn we with the, do the star rage. thing? Because I'm going like two, one, maybe. Do what? Do do, do a star rating? Yeah. Did we do that last? Yeah, we time? did that last. We time. did do
3: that last time. I gave it a two and a half. Yeah, this one's last two.
2: Time. I gave it
1: three. Uh, I don't know one and a half like this is barely yeah
3: it's barely an episode <laughs> like so so here's here's what i'm thinking i am going to give this one a three because no hear me out so i gave the other one a two and a half and uh-huh. the reason i did that is because its topic was god's sovereignty and it talked about big huh. this one at the bare minimum Kept the idea of revenge from point A to point B. A was it bad? Yes, but the, it, at least there was a moral. They picked the plan. They
2: did stick to it. Now, to be, but now,
3: they, no, that's that, and that's an odyssey rating. If we're going theological, but, I'm going to give both of them collectively as the Joseph story a half star. Yeah, yeah, but, but,
1: but like, here's the thing: is the revenge point is only mentioned in Chris's intro and Chris's wrap-up. But, but they there mentioned is... it once. The God Sovereignty was not even spoken
3: of. They there didn't is even no, mention it.
1: There is no discussion
3: of revenge in the body of the episode. No, it's it's fair. just bookended by it. Okay, here's the thing. Alright, 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 alright. You make a fair point. I feel like I need to revise both of mine. Because... <laughs> I feel like they were both terrible, and I gave the other one a two and a half because you both gave it a three, and I feel like there I was some pressure there. I think I gave it a three and a half. There. I feel like there was some pressure there. So now that I don't care, and I'm a little bit more tired, and I haven't had as much coffee, we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. I think episode one probably gets a one and a half. Episode two, I'm going to give a one. And then collectively, as a series, I'm going to hit it with a zero out of five. Because, one, I don't really care about the Odyssey portion. That's just me, and I get it. To some people, that's important, and that's great. And if the Odyssey part was good to you, then that's good to you, and that's... Sure, that's more subjective. But as far as, like, moral of the story, content, biblical accuracy... There's just zero out of five stars. The entire moral of the story was lost when it was written to you in six verses in chapter 50, 15 to 21. Focus on the family if you hear this. Again, Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. It's right there. I will give you a pass if you take two. Like, yeah. I will. I will.
2: Yeah go for it there's still time would you come back on the pod to cover a bernard and joseph episode if they were to put out a a new one
3: absolutely i'd come back on to cover if they if they do anything with bernard and joe bernard and joe like if they do a remake of any of these (laughs) any of the ones i talk about even one that i haven't talked about yet i will listen to the first one and the new one and then we'll talk about it i'm willing to revisit and say that you guys did an amazing job if you do an amazing job. Like I'm not opposed to you. I don't want to say you did a bad thing, but this just doesn't
2: feel you wrote a bad song, PT. <laughs> doesn't feel good to me. Uh, yeah. I that's all I got. I that's all she wrote for me. I yeah. Do you got yeah. anything you want to tell the listeners about? Anything you want to plug today? I
3: mean, again, you can hit me up on the on the Twitter um @andrewbhuber1. Uh there's my two episodes of the andrew sabo podcast previous i guess two episodes now of the wad fam chalk pod bernard and joe part one or bernard and joe it's just one yep well done on keeping it in one episode and then (laughs) bernard and joseph part one from last week but yeah there you go i think that's about all she wrote
2: very cool well, despite despite this being a, a slightly lackluster episode, I I have had a delightful time talking <laughs> yeah. about it with everybody. It is and I would great like to end you on a here, positive note, Drew. Absolutely, I
1: appreciate your your biblical knowledge and yeah,
3: episodes we wouldn't talk about if not for you. Yes, yeah, so. I'm happy to be back, and I'm happy to give it another swing if at some point you have some more guesties yeah exactly uh T-tweet, that's what i'm going to call your guest tweet, tweet
1: at us and or drew if you like us talking about the bible and want this to happen more um so that is it for the episode yeah. um we yeah. Uh, i'm glad we did we did this yeah and next week we're going to be back with a special guest to talk about the episode uh, 60s something yeah so uh come listen to that with us and uh we'll talk about it then bye guys bye De- deuces
0: wad fam chalk pod is a presentation of the Litits podcast co-op this show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with adventures in odyssey or focus on the family as such the copyright is ours under creative commons follow the podcast at wad fam chalk pod on twitter and instagram or email us at wadfanchalkpod at gmail.com. Bernard and Joseph, Part 2, was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, with special guest Drew Huber. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Chockpod.